0: Hello everyone, welcome to Chan Podcast. Here is where you learn about meditation and Chan. So, what is Chan? Chan, spelled as C-H-A-N, is the Chinese good of Mahayana Buddhism and is the originating tradition of Japanese Zen. We encourage you to learn and practice meditation with a group. If you like to, feel free to visit our website LondonChanMeditation.org. My talk tonight will be on recognizing suffering and alleviating suffering. I'll be talking in three um, aspects or three three, uh, steps. First is how to recognize our suffering. And then we need to find out identify the cause of suffering and be able to find ways to alleviate our suffering and of course our eternal goal to end, to cease suffering. Okay, Do you all recognize or aware of your suffering. Very often, we find ourselves in difficult situations. We blame others for our problems. Sometimes the school, the teachers are who we blame for uh, the problems we had with our children. The government and societies are the ones to be blamed for the homeless problem. you know, stay in the Appaheimer Park, you know. And sometimes the politicians, they blame the other party or other countries for the problems they face, they need to deal with. If my partner has not done this, then I will, be, I, I will not be facing and dealing with this issue right now. If my children, my boss, my in-laws haven't done this, I would not be stuck in this situation. Aren't these also uh, some familiars? <laughs> is that really so? There's the cause of our problems. It sounds like it sounds like all the problems are caused by other people. All our sufferings are created by others. Wouldn't it be really swell if all of them disappear from the world, vanish from our life? Then we can lead a happy, joyful, calm and peaceful life. Would that be the case? You probably still end up with being in suffering all the time, even though you are the only people living in this world. And there are times we may not know that we are suffering. signs of signs of the suffering. If a same problem occurred to you again again with yourselves or in a relationship with others, that's the sign. If you are aware of a certain pattern of emotions, emotion outburst exists or has developed. That's a sign of you are suffering. If you don't like yourself, behave in a way, think in certain ways, look at things in certain ways, react to things in certain ways, but somehow you just cannot stop or change it. That's also the sign of suffering. We're trapped. That's a deeper kind of suffering. We really need to pay attention, to, close attention, to to suffering in our lives, and how that suffering originates. We need to understand the true origin, the true cause of suffering. If we don't know that, how are we going to help ourselves, to free ourselves, to liberate ourselves from suffering, if you cannot identify The true cause. The cause of suffering, what is that? We need to understand what is causing our life experience in the present. What we experience at this very moment is the result of karma. Karma means actions, including our physical, verbal actions, and mental activities that we have done in the past. What we experience now, encounter now, is the consequences of what we have done in the past. It is a relationship of causes and conditions. What we have done in the past, including thoughts that contribute, that bring forth these consequences that we are suffering right now. So how does this karma work? The working out of karma. How the karma comes into being and manifest a suffering in our life. Karma, I have to clarify that karma doesn't means something bad. Actually karma is activities or actions and including wholesome, positive actions and unwholesome, negative, uh, negative actions or something neutral. What What brings forth suffering? are the unwholesome negative karmas that we have created, we have done in the past. In order for karma to manifest, other factors have to, must come into play. What are these factors? These factors are the conditions that are created by our vexations. Pleasure, that's Sanskrit, uh, means emotion, afflictions, defilements, and vexations. Without the contributing conditions of vexations, the karma may not manifest at all, or perhaps will take longer time to manifest. So the key is the condition. With contributing conditions, will ripen the consequences bring the. Bring the suffering to ripen. So the key is the conditions, is the pleasure, is vexations. What we have done in the past is a a dumb thing. It's not what we can change right now or denial right now. What we should do is not to facilitate or nurture these vexations. This is definitely something we can do and we must do. Stop facilitating, nurturing these vexations will stop the ripening of the consequences, will stop, bring forth this vexation. I'll repeat again what we have done In the past, it's already a done deal. We cannot change it. But for a cause to manifest, to actually turn into a consequences, the suffering, if we had done bad things in the past, a very important factors is the condition. And what this condition is, is the vexations is the afflicted, emotional afflictions. Without the conditions, the consequences may not occur. The consequences may not come into a being. So the critical thing is the vexations. How we deal with the vexations, how we handle vexations, how we stop the rising, the creation of vexations. Then we had a chance to stop the rising, the formation of suffering. So the vexations. There are three basic and root vexations that you all may know. These three root vexations are also called three poisons. And they are greed, aversion, and delusion, or ignorance. Wow, great, craving for something. You know, when you see your neighbor, uh, neighbor's new Tesla car, you wish that you could have one too. And when you thinking about wanting to have a new dress for Christmas party, And then you open your closet and you see your closet still full of beautiful, lovely dresses. But somehow you still want to have one more piece of good-looking dress. And some may wish for a long life, happy, healthy life. Or wish that you can visit your favorite restaurant right now. Or maybe more often in the future, eating more of your favorite dishes. Uh, you wish you could have more money, that you can do a lot more traveling. Never enough. When you crave something, an object, a material, physical objects, you keep on wanting more. Just like Some people crave for the money, you know, more and more in the bank. You know, maybe they have a target, maybe a hundred thousand dollars or reaching a hundred thousands. Yeah, I could have more. I should have more. Yeah, two hundred thousand and keep on adding that. Did you become ever happier? You thought you would, but you probably not. And always looking for new objects to satisfy oneself, to satisfy your craving. So you you probably already have a full closet of beautiful clothing, still not enough. I should get a carpentry to build me another um, Another dresser, walk-in closet, shoe shelves, that's a tiny one, I need a new shoe shelf, a bigger one, yeah, all these new things, chasing for the fashions, and they all of a sudden realize, hey, these are the dress that was popular, you know, 10 or 20 years ago, when I was 20, I'm wearing this mini skirt. <laughs> Always chasing for new things, you thought you would be happier, you will be satisfied. Your life will be a fulfilling, meaningful life, happier life. Craving, keep on feeding yourself with craving. What if getting what you crave for, then relate? make you happier? What if you could not get what you crave for? And then you turn to anger, aversions, unfulfilled, unfulfilled craving, frustrated attachment, inability to run away from some people, or some matters, or some issue problems, That you don't want to face and deal with. And these becomes the conditions for aversions, for anger, depression, hatred, and rage, and sometimes turn into cruelty and violence. And which all these in themselves are quite unpleasant causing discomfort unease in, your, in yourself, and then in turn, bring further suffering. Sometimes, when we are, are not capable of making changes, to change the situations, or solve certain problems, we become angry at ourselves, very disappointed at ourselves. And most often, it's with our children, our partners, of our loved ones, of someone we care so much for. Then you start to question yourself, Whether I have done something wrong, whether I haven't done enough, Where whether I made them any mistakes, am I a failing mother, wife? You start questioning and frustrated with yourself, and then become angry at yourself, resenting yourself, even start to torturing yourself. That's the cause of our suffering. And the third, delusion, or we call the fundamental ignorance. Even in the absence of craving and aversion, we still view the world through a mind that is often fundamentally unclear, unsettled, and confused, without clear directions how sh- how we should live our life. Not surprisingly, we fail to see things as they truly are. There's a discrepancy between the things, what we are craving for, and the world we live in. Between our expectations and the way the things really are we can't see there's a discrepancy. There's a gap, huge gap, between what we want to believe in what we perceive in the actual world, the reality. And we can't see that. We want the world to be other than it is, to be different from what it is. We assume that when our craving gets what it wants, will be happy, when our craving possesses the objects of its de- desire, will be satisfied. But such a judgment, in turn, assumes a world in which things are permanent, unchanging, stable, fixed, and reliable, something you can rely on. We perceive that's the spring, the source of our happiness. But the world is simply not like that. We, feel we fail to see how things truly are. In failing to see how things truly are, we pray for more. We arouse aversion, anger. And this is the fundamental ignorance or delusions and misappreciation, misapprehension, misapprehension of the nature of the world that we live in. So the greed, craving, the aversion, anger, hatred, and the delusions and the ignorance, fundamental ignorance plays a huge, huge role, impact in bringing these consequences of suffering. If we can tame these vexations, these threes are the root vexations. There are other um, auxiliary auxiliary and peripheral uh, vexations a lot. Uh, Some say 20, some say it's more than that, 86 or something. These all come from the three main and root vexations. If we can tame these vexations, if we can somehow deal with these vexations, we may not necessarily end up in suffering. Or perhaps our suffering will be alleviated and how we can do that. It's a long-term practice. It's a long-term project. (laughs) We need to continue and constantly engage in this practice, in this learning, journey of learning. Learning and practice the three disciplines of Buddha Dharma. The three disciplines are a moral disciplines or precepts, and to have the right views. The correct understanding of Buddha Dharma. And the third is to engage in the meditation practice to cultivate the concentration and clarity of the mind. First is the precept, the moral disciplines that prevent us from committing any negative actions or wrongdoings now and in the future. By observing the moral standards, the moral disciplines, we help ourselves, prevent ourselves, commit wrongdoings, and also at the same time, engage in more positive, wholesome doing. The very basic Five precepts, not to kill, not to kill human beings, not to lie, uh, not to steal, not to engage in sexual misconduct, uh, have a steady partners, uh, not to harm yourself, not to harm others, not to harm your families. The last one is not take um, alcohols or addictive drugs. Alcohol is uh, taking too much will uh, somehow causing you to lose your uh, conscientious conscience and may commit a wrongdoing. So observing the moral disciplines it help us to live a healthy a uh, wholesome life and okay? prevent us of committing any wrongdoings, creating bad karma now and the future entirely cut off the cause of suffering, okay? The second one, to establish, to have the right view, learning the Buddha Dharma, to know that we are living in a world that's subject to impermanence, all things, all phenomena including human beings, sentient beings, is constantly changing, ever changing. Nothing stays the same forever. Nothing is permanent. And that suffering does exist in our world. It's normal. And all things, without a permanent fixed nature and all of us, all people, we all possess this inherent Buddha nature, a pure mind. We all have this potential to become freed of all vexations. And this is the correct view. The right view. And the third, engage in the meditation practice to nourish a wholesome mind and body, to cultivate the calm and clarity of the mind, to cultivate the capacity, the two strong main powers of the mind. First is concentration, or calm, or samatha. Concentration, samadha, is the ability of the mind that is in stillness, the stability, the calm, and concentration power. To cultivate the concentration of the mind is the way to free ourselves from attachment our mind is always turning outward attached to whatever we see pleasant we hear the sound we like the objects that we love pleasing to our eyes and ears we are d- distracted we become attached to these objects The concentration is is a cultivation of the mind to free ourselves from being attached to these objects. To free ourselves from discursive thoughts, scatterness, wandering thoughts is the way to cultivate the ability of the mind staying in the present moment. Then the other capacity of the mind is the clarity, the clear awareness, which is also known inside, and Vipassna. Clarity of the mind is the ability of seeing, seeing things as they are. Clarity of the mind is stability. to see the things as they are, clearly aware of what is going on around us right now, clearly aware how things have evolved and changed and developed in time and space. Is the ability to free ourselves from drowsiness, dullness, confusion, and illusions. So we need to cultivate, we need to learn these three aspects of Buddha Dharma the moral disciplines moral guidelines, the precept, and study the Buddha Dharma, to have established correct views, to really see, be able to perceive how our world is as they are, and then to cultivate the ability of the mind to be able to concentrate to be able to clearly see whatever going on around us, how things is evolving, changing, and developing in time and space. Free ourselves from attachment, The calm, the concentration, the ability to see things as they are. To cultivate the clear awareness, clarity of the mind. So actually, in meditation practice, it may sound like, oh, you're doing sitting and meditation. But actually, we are learning, we are practicing the three disciplines at the same time. By knowing the movements, how we move, and how it fails, and what kind of a results, effects of our movements, we become more mindful of our uh, movements. Physical, you know, through meditation practice, we are aware of how our t- mental activities are, how the pattern of our mental activities are, we be more cautious of generating any intention or any kind of a thoughts. We'll be early to catch on any uh, negative thoughts and stop there. By engaging the, in, in the meditation practice, we are able to see things more clearly, with less, affect, uh, with less afflictions, vexations, with less uh, preconceived ideas, less obstructions built up in our mental constructs, bring that, that brings out the insight, to really see how things as they are, how the, our world is, to see the reality. So practice in this way and engage in these three disciplines and we will be able to help ourselves to to alleviate our suffering. Of course, the end is completely cease the suffering. Okay, uh, my talk will end here.